So, Wendy is writer-director Ben Zeitlin's long-awaited follow-up to 2012's Oscar-nominated Beasts of the Southern Wild. We're talking Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Actress for Corvain Janae Wallace at age nine. She was nominated for the Best Actress Award. Incredible, really. So, let's hear a clip from this, uh, which is, of course, a reinterpretation, a reimagining... Um, a repositioning of the Wendy and Peter Pan story by J.M. Barry. It's set in America, it's from Wendy's perspective, and it's shot in a series of gobsmackingly beautiful wild would-you-look-at-that-volcano locations, such as Montserrat and Antigua, and Mexico and elsewhere, and here's just a sample of the sort of lyrical dialogue you will hear in the film. Once there was a mother... She lived in a restaurant. And one day, her children, who she loved the most in the world, ran away and left her alone. Did any of them ever come home? Yes, they did. And they grew up all together at Darling's Diner, where it's always egg o'clock. She wore a white apron. Yes, she did. She sang us to sleep. It's not a story. It is a story. Our lives are going to be the greatest story ever told. Okay, in the compliment sandwich I'm about to deliver, the big compliment I will give this film is the locations, yes, are outstanding and... Uh, Obviously, our director here, Zietlin, knows how good it all looks. Maybe he knows it looks so good too well, and we'll get on to that. The visuals are breathtaking, but the characterization, as you may have guessed from some of that dialogue, some of that back and forth, if you can call it that, the take on the story, the pacing, the mood, it's all off. It's just out of off. It's the wrong tune, at least for me. Our young actors, including Devin France, who you heard there, or France's maybe I should say, playing Wendy, or Yashua Mack as Peter Pan, they're both cute as buttons, and I couldn't really be more patronising saying that. They're utterly winning, but they deliver this dialogue that feels like first lines of discarded poetry that's best left scrunched up on yellow paper in the bin. The words are just airy and almost meaningless at times. Zeitlin, of course, has a gift with casting and directing children and a sincere ongoing fantasy or obsession with youth and innocence. But in the form of this film, Wendy, it all just washes over you. You struggle to identify characters with their characteristics, to work out quite why something is happening and what the drama is behind each situation as it is presented to you. Where is the impetus, the tension, the drive? It's foggy and intangible. Scenes that should seem scary, visually, or shocking or thrilling, just poof into this puff of, OK, so what's happening now then? It's so ethereal and airy. You get the sense that our director is too close to the project, nine months in the making, or rather nine years in the making. Perhaps he's just been working at this for too long and he's gone through the looking glass. It's beautiful when it's beautiful, but that's not enough. I struggled with this film to pay attention, to keep myself engaged. I had to work on it. And it is, frankly, a disappointment this long in the making and after what was an indie darling, a phrase that's so often used but never better applied than when it comes to Beasts of the Southern Wild. Robbie, what were your thoughts? Did you find it as vaporous as I did? I did. Can I start by asking, were you a fan of Beasts of the Southern Wild? Were you on board with that one? 
I wasn't on board with it as I kind of looked around the screening room and saw people delightedly eat it up. Yes. And I found myself going, this is a little bit Emperor's New Clothes. It's lovely, but maybe I was too young or I don't have this relationship with my childhood. But it didn't work for me, but I could at least see why it worked for other people. This, yes. I think, almost universally is just a bit of a, OK, Ben, all right. Yeah, it didn't work for me either, I have to say. But I did, I appreciated the fact it was, it sort of felt grounded to something in the real world, right? It was this magic realist response to the devastation wrought by Hurricane Katrina uh, in New Orleans. And it was kind of riffing on that terrible news footage that came out, kind of, I don't know, I suppose reclaiming the imagery and turning it into something magical and something positive. I, to me, Wendy is not really connected to anything in the real world at all. I mean, it is just kind of an entire film of kids running around wild on this island and having fun and the music going, the kind of arcade fire stuff. Ah, ah, ah. Look up at the sun. We are so free. Wah, 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 wah. Let's go sliding in the mud. Wah, 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 wah. Let's all stand in the shallow water and sing together. Wah, wah. And I'm like, excuse me, can we, can we have a bit of story now, please? Can something kind of happen? And this, this story, the extent to which the story is there is look at how cleverly we're reworking Peter Pan. You know, ah, here's Captain Hook. Bet you didn't think that was going to be the Captain Hook that we're using. Well, here he is. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of a clever exercise. Um, but the fact that it's so insubstantial on that kind of plot level, to me, it's, as, as you say, it's hard to stay connected with it. I wrote down, and I now slightly regret beginning the sentence, where the mild things are. Oh, just ouch, ouch. Did, didn't particularly in any way care. Uh, I will be looking at the soundtrack, though, because I think in of itself, I could probably do some, um, some good writing with that in the background. But that, um, that's some faint praise for you. Yeah, no, no, it is. It is. And you, you're completely right about the, the dialogue as well. I mean, it's, it's kind of in a weird way. It's like the same technique as Terrence Malick, but the reverse application of it. So rather than having uh, people, uh, you know, muse poetically on, on, on the, the great order of the universe, uh, often what they're saying is just like straight declarations of what they're thinking or doing or these cutesy one liners. And to me, they serve like the technical purpose of these lines is to glue together this very loose, rangy, patchy shooting style that, uh, that Zeitlin uses. Um, in, in a way that will kind of just about make it make some kind of, you know, give it some kind of narrative through line. I also think, I mean, I think it's unfair with kids this young to say the performances are bad, uh, because I think when, when kids are this young, it comes down to the, how the director is working with them. Whatever lightning struck with Kevenjane Wallace's performance in Beasts, it has not struck again here. And they are, as you say, they are cute as anything, you know, it's, it's, it's all kind of visually delightful. But these characters do not feel like characters to me. They feel like kind of ciphers in this in this game that Zeitlin's playing. I mean, there's one point where everyone stands in the water and starts singing for no reason. And Wendy shouts out, it's working, keep singing. And they all keep singing in the arcade fire. He's like, wah, 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 wah. But what's working? Why are they doing this? Why did they try singing in the first place? What are they trying to achieve? The in-the-moment effect in this film is the only thing that seems to matter. And it leaves the story completely shapeless from scene to scene. And in, in, in some, I thought, fairly tedious.